So say if they've got a JB Hi-Fi yellow sticker banner ad, that's not native. That's just a big fat in-your-face ad. But a native ad might be a little editorial-looking article about um, an investment platform that that they're including. And it looks like an article, but really it's a paid ad. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast, the podcast where we bring you helpful tips and advice on websites, Google, and social media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast, where we give you some tips and hopefully helpful advice on all things digital marketing and websites and Google. Uh, this week, I've got Nicholas Katzenbiris with me again. Howdy all. And we are today, we're going to continue the last week's podcast, which went very quick this week because it seems like that was yesterday, but we uh, we broke down some, some marketing terms. So we were basically defining some, some phrases or acronyms that you might have heard in, in the marketing world or business world um, and giving you some uh, examples of how they are used. So we're continuing that. I think we got up to I last week, but before it we- It is st- in alphabetical order. It is in alphabetical order. So before we get started, though, anything exciting or anything happening in your world, Nick, marketing-wise? Uh, Google are rolling out a new discovery ad format. So there's a whole whole bunch of different new ad formats that will be coming out shortly. Like when you search in Gmail, it'll come up with promoted ads and sponsored ads. Mm-hmm. And they bring out carousel ads in Google search as well, like what we have in Facebook Okay, and a whole range of other ad formats. They're obviously losing money to, to Facebook yeah. and other social media advertising platforms. Mm. So they're trying to shake it up and, and be more visual and yeah. hopefully more effective. Um, I mean, the, the plain old search ads still work. Yeah, but uh, surely this these new sort of more rich media formats especially will especially on mobile. Yeah, and it depends on what I guess what the uh, what the intent is of these ads too. <coughs> so if it's for something like a shopping experience or, or food, food or something like that, yeah, yeah they're going to be really effective. Mm. So interesting to see how that plays out. Um, hopefully, we'll get to experiment with that a little bit for some of our clients. Um, I uh, heard on the grapevine that MailChimp, they announced uh, this week that they're going to basically ramp up their offering. So they've always been a great email platform and they've dabbled in sort of additional features for marketing yeah. or landing pages and Social all kinds media of ads and things like all sorts that. of integrations, yeah. but they're really trying to ramp it up and release a, a full suite marketing yeah. product, I guess, to rival the likes of um, HubSpot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves because it's already a dominant platform in email and lots of people integrate with MailChimp. And it's probably a cheaper entry point to something like HubSpot as well. So, Well, we don't know yet. We don't know what the pricing of this new mm. thing will be. But if they can suddenly do everything, I wonder how much market share they can grab. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right. So uh, let's get stuck into it. Uh, so we were up to, the, I think, the last phrase or thing that we used was uh, infographic so let's start off with keyword so a keyword obviously is used in terms of search engine optimization or uh, even in Google Ads now a keyword 
I always I like the word keyword phrase because a keyword is just infers one, but one it's really word, a phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's not many people search a single word anymore. They're usually saying things like how to do or where is this or yeah. best. Yeah, best plumber at Geelong. Yeah, things they like that. Search plumber. So think in terms of more keyword phrases. Mm. Um, but these are the topics that people um, are searching for to find what they need, really. Yeah. And nowadays, a, a good tactic, a good strategy that we use is to actually target um, user problems. So they're, they're usually longer phrases than, than you might you might think. Mm. Um, people are typing in. They're also using voice search. Yeah. And voice search in particular, people are asking. They're adding more words. They're much longer searches. So. Uh, when you're identifying keywords, think of phrases that people are more likely to say. They're getting more and more conversational. Okay, next one up off the rank is a landing page. Nick, what's a landing page? Uh, a landing page would be a page on your website that would uh, contain a form mm-hmm. 99% of the times, mm-hmm. which is a, a page that someone might land on from a social media post or straight from Google Ads or something like that. Yep, social media paid campaign maybe. Yeah, and it's usually laid out a little differently and would go into more details on a specific service or product. Mm-hmm. And um it's probably the start of the funnel to get them to inquire about what they're searching for. Yeah, it could, mm. it could even be a direct sale landing page. That might, yeah. not, might yeah. not be a marketing funnel at all. It might just be a one step, here's the product and, and just buy it straight away. Yeah. Um, they're usually the best landing pages, uh, you know, go through the, the benefits, the features, and, and it's, a, it's really salesy. You can tell they look different, don't they? Yeah, they're they really look good different. ones. They look They've different. Got testimonials. Yeah. And usually distraction free, so they take away the navigation, so that the yep. only thing you can do on that page is buy now, is scroll through and yeah. do what they want you to do. Yeah. yeah, they don't want you browsing off to other areas. So um, you can have lots of landing pages on your website. You could have your main website, which people navigate through, but yep. then you could have a landing. Pa- you could have as many landing pages as you want, but they don't actually have to be part of your main website. No. They're only found via when you push people to those pages via social media yeah. paid advertising things like that they're usually single purpose um, pages so they don't need to be linked to okay so next one up is a lead now a lead we can we track leads for a lot of clients for their for their marketing campaigns a lead is someone who just uh, is interested in buying they haven't actually bought anything from you yet so if you think about a journey, you've got visitors to your sites, anyone who shows interest by maybe filling out an inquiry form, uh, giving you a call, um, signing up for a free ebook, joining your mailing list, they could be considered a lead. Mm. And then when they actually take the action that you want them to, like purchasing something, becoming a member, um, that's when they become a customer. So that's what a lead is. And we sort of calculate sometimes a cost per lead, um, or a, a lead acquisition rate, um, but yeah, the more leads I guess you have, the more like more customers you can potentially get. Which leads on to our next term, which is lead nurturing. Now that's the process of getting them from a lead to a customer, and that could be something very simple, like sending them a, an email with an offer, but it could be um, an entire campaign that lasts for months yeah, an automated flow of 20 or 30 emails exactly it could, yeah. it could be if i think about pixeled uh you know we i've met clients before they've inquired and then for 12 months they've engaged with our content mm. and 
and then decided to get a website 12 months later. So you could argue that every single piece of content that they interacted with was lead nurturing. So publishing yeah. blogs, publishing on social media, publishing this podcast, that's all forms of lead nurturing because I'm trying to build that connection, that relationship um, with people interested in, in my business. Um, the next one is uh, lifestyle, uh, lifestyle, life cycle stages. <laughs> Um, now that's another sort of marketing when you're breaking down the stages of, of the buyer journey um, traditionally people talk about three main stages the awareness evaluation and purchasing stage so very much the awareness is the the broader going on last week the top of the funnel kind of stuff when you're just trying to yeah. get as many eyes as possible on your on your business on your marketing the evaluation phase is perhaps where you're hopefully trying to get leads, you're trying to get a little bit of information out of them. And then the purchasing phase is when you're actually converting them as customers. And then there's, there's a whole lot more you can go into beyond that. Trying to retain them as customers is, is another stage as well, I think. Um, leading on, lifetime value. So lifetime value is a tricky one sometimes when we're thinking about Google Ads um, we, we always think about the immediate. How much did that, that ad cost me and how much did they spend? Mm. But we, we often don't consider and it's hard to, it's hard it's, to work it's out. It's hard so, to track, yeah. Yeah, is what that customer is worth to me over their lifetime. Um, so I hope Vicky doesn't mind me mentioning um, her campaign at the moment, but she's a florist down in Drysdale. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a Google Ads campaign and calculating how much it costs per customer. And, you know, it's a competitive space. There are lots of florists, particularly around Mother's Day, trying to bid for that space. So we, we're looking at the immediate. How much did her campaign cost this month and how much sales or inquiries did she get this month? Mm. But what's hard to work out is in three months' time or in six months' time or a year later, will that customer come back again and buy next Mother's Day? Will they then um, purchase flowers for... Their wedding. For their wedding, for a birthday. Yeah. Will they, you know, fall in love with, with what Vicky does and buy other products that she sells? Mm. So it's a bit of a, a tricky one to try and work out. But if you can somehow get a formula and if you've got a, a business where maybe you've got an account system that you can actually do all that, we can obviously, we, have, we invoice our clients in the accounting system, but harder in retail because you don't sign them up or anything like yeah. that. But if you can work out a, a lifetime value or at least an average lifetime value of your customers... Um, that can that can change the way you think about your mark your marketing in the short term. Yeah. What you think is not necessarily what you think is not successful in the short term might be hugely successful in the long term. Mm. So yeah, a good one to try and work out. All right, back on SEO. This one's for you, Nick. What's a long tail keyword? Similar to what we spoke about with the keyword phrases. Is this going into more um, detail about what someone's searching for? So the example mm -hmm. was plumber. Mm -hmm. So a single keyword would be plumber and a long tail keyword would be uh, plumber, uh, hot water service plumbers in Geelong. Mm -hmm. So that would be something that you would try and uh, target throughout your website if that's something that you want people to search for. Yeah. And it's generally easier to rank for those long tail keywords as well. Yeah, there wouldn't be as many people optimizing a page for that phrase. Yeah. Um, so therefore, it's easier to rank. Not as much traffic, obviously. No. There'd be no. less traffic. But going back to my uh, fishing and net 
uh, metaphor last week. It'd be a lot more relevant. You could have a lot, lot of nets. So you could have yeah. a lot of long-term, a long-tail mm. keywords mm. that only get you a little bit of traffic each, but combine them all together, you could get a lot of traffic yeah. from long-tail and it's easily achievable. You know, you can get um, non fairly new sites that aren't established ranking for long-tail keywords quite easily. So if you're clever and work out some good long-tail keywords, you can actually do pretty well out of it. Okay. Uh, marketing automation. Now, marketing automation, um, I've been experimenting with over the last few years. It's just a way of uh, making steps, systemizing your marketing um, processes and I think it starts usually with emails so that you're spending less time doing manual work yeah. which has human error and you always run out of time or forget to do things or follow up uh, marketing automation takes all of that out and allows you to well, for me personally it allows me to engage with the, the leads or the prospects that are really interested in, in doing business with me and I don't waste any time on people that are just sort of lurking around, mm. nosing about, researching, but not quite ready to buy. And so I put them through a, an automation process that encourages them to eventually, when they are ready, uh, get in contact with me, book a meeting. And it might be in uh, a few days, it might be a few weeks, it might be months and months later. So that's what marketing automation, I guess, does. And, and that's the benefit to the business is it saves, saves you time. Yeah. And probably good for e-commerce as well. So you could automate um, return customers. Absolutely. Oh, there's so much you can do in e-commerce. Yeah. So what are some of the uh, some of the e-commerce uh, tricks? Um, abandoned carts. Ab- yeah, abandoned cart email flows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could offer discounts to people that have purchased previously. Mm-hmm. You could send automated emails with related products that's similar to what they have. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it could be like a a food service and you might it might be reoccurring purchases just reminding them to, to repurchase yeah, yeah to reorder I get Hundreds one all the time that if I haven't purchased from a site um, in a few months they send me a coupon and then if it goes another couple of months they send me an even bigger coupon and then you buy after and then you, but I know it's coming so I can kind of hold out, hold yeah. out and get yeah. the coupon but um, yeah there's, a, there's so much you can do in uh, e-commerce with automation for sure all right, this is right up your alley. What's a microsite? A microsite is a cr- probably a cross between landing page and your normal website. Agreed. So it might be something, um, might be something like what Officeworks has done. So they have their officeworks.com website, but they also might run a niche campaign for a while that could mm-hmm. be about uh, growing your small business mm-hmm. and have a separate site. To, to the Officeworks website that yeah. just purely focuses on that and all their marketing is just purely for that as well. So it's, there's like, it's probably like a collection of pages usually. Yeah. yeah. But it's fairly small, but it's they don't want it to be... It could be something like a really niche blog or a little short course or just like some information. Yeah. yeah. So usually like a, a, a product, a single or a, a group of products or and a time, time limited kind of yeah. offer yeah. or... Yeah, um, usually short term. And, and it allows you to, I guess, generate a campaign with other assets, other activities mm. to that microsite. The only downside to microsites is that you're sort of watering down the strength of your 
main site. So yep. just be aware of that. They're not market sites are hard to rank because they're generally you know new and short term. Yeah. Um, so they're usually traffic is forced to market sites via other channels. Yeah. Um, so just be aware that uh, you might have some SEO challenges there. Um, middle of the funnel, we 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 talked. Oh, so we won't go over this too much. But last week we talked about um, bottom of the funnel and top of the funnel. It's just about nurturing people through your uh, marketing down towards the purchasing decision. Uh, mobile marketing. So mobile marketing really refers to, uh, I guess, optimizing your experiences for your customers from mobile devices. And that comes back to um, how people search from their mobile devices. It is different. They're typing on their phones, but they're often using voice. Um the pages that uh, that you send them to obviously have to be responsive and and optimized and um, easy to use from a mobile device. So and it could also be location based as well. So if you're talking marketing, it could be advertising, and you could advertise to a small number of people that are just in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can you know you, most platforms allow you to restrict campaigns only to mobile devices. Mm. Um, so yeah, very popular. And you know now search is dominated by mobile now it used to be desktop first and mobile was a small percentage now it's overwhelmingly mobile first yeah um, desktop second uh native advertising uh so native advertising is talking about content that looks or sorry advertising that looks organic yeah so if you're browsing on the, uh, let's say, the Financial Review website. Yeah, it's, it's usually news websites that do it. Yeah, they might have, a, uh, so say if they've got a JB Hi-Fi yellow sticker banner ad, that's not native. That's just a big fat in-your-face ad. Yeah. But a native ad might be a little editorial looking article about um, an investment platform yeah. that, they're, that they're including. And it looks like an article but really it's a paid ad. And then you click on it and it goes to another website. Exactly, yeah. So it's, I guess it's less interruptive and more, it seems organic. Look, to be honest, it sounds a bit shifty and then I sort of just explain it. Well, it does say sponsored, but it's in really small font. Yeah. So, so they have to write sponsored or promoted, but... But it's meant to look more organic and, and part of... And natural. Yeah, yeah, part of the platform. Okay. Uh, this one's for you for sure. No follow link. Yes. So uh, you could have a page on your website that you don't want Google or other search engines to follow. Okay. Yeah. And so part of SEO, one of the main ranking factors is getting lots of links yeah. to your website. Um, that tells Google that your site's really important. Yeah. But, but if- it could be saying like we spoke about before with the landing pages, you might not want Google to see those. Yeah. Um, and you don't want people to click on them unless it's through an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you could put a no f- follow link on that page. Yeah, right. So yeah. no follow links provide no link juice. No. So there's no SEO benefit to having lots of no follow links. Um, so a lot of um, places where you can a lot of people trying to get links from other websites they sign up to all sorts of platforms to try and create their profiles just be aware that if if the link that you create has a no follow it has limited benefit there's definitely been some studies that say that no follow having a a mix of follow links and no follow links looks more natural to Google and there is benefit some benefit of having them but at the end of the 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 day the, the main thrust of it is don't chase 
uh, no follow links if you're trying to do <laughs> SEO. Um, limited benefit. Uh, on-page optimization. Yep. So that would be uh, what we do for every one of our clients' websites. Yes. Uh, which is optimizing uh, each page for SEO. Yeah. What does that include though? Uh, it would be including things like uh, making sure we build the website correctly, mm-hmm. uh, making sure they have the right heading tags and the semantically right, right, correct. Yeah. Is, that the, is yep. that the phrase? Semantically correct <laughs> website. Yeah. Yep. Um, and a whole range of other things like making sure the images aren't too large and load quickly, optimizing mm-hmm. for speed, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things. Title tags, meta yeah. descriptions, headings, image alt descriptions. Yeah. All the things that you can do on your end or directly on the website to help you rank on, on, on Google. Yeah. It's a starting point and everyone should do it. You, don't, you shouldn't progress any further with SEO unless you've got your on-page no, SEO no. down pat. Um, and then once that's done, you can go into the other more advanced SEO tactics, which leads me on to off-page, <laughs> off-page optimization. So off-page optimization are all the other signals that you're telling Google about to try and get your site to rank. So that's inbound links, links from other websites that don't have no follow yep. on them. Um, it could be uh, social media sharing of yep. your articles on p- platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, it could be even be um, how your search, um, how your results show in search, so meta descriptions, even though you set that on the page. How people... It, it could be the reviews as well that you have on Google. Absolutely. Yeah. So all the factors that are off your website are basically referred to as off-page optimization. Mm. Uh, page view. Nice and simple. Yes. That's just, just the number of people that have viewed your website. <laughs> yeah. The number of people that have viewed each page on each your website. Page, yeah. So you might have people looking at five, six, seven, ten pages on your site. That'd be ten page views. So different to page, uh, site users... Or visits. Mm. A visit is a individual person at, yeah. for a session, I guess. Um, but a page view could be much, view much higher. Pages. Yeah. And it's a good indication. Um, I don't know if we've got this in our list, but um, pages per session. So if you've got, got multiple pages per session, as in people are diving in multiple steps through your website, that's a good sign. Yeah. If your pages per session are like one or two, they're not really going very far on your website. So that's a good little stat to look at. Uh, PPC or pay-per-click is for paid advertising and that's essentially just paying, literally as it sounds, paying for a click. So Google Ads, Facebook, all of these marketing platforms, um, there's usually some sort of automatic or there's like a bidding auction yeah. uh, system to bid for your ad placement and you if they tell you and you've got to trust that they're doing this correctly but uh, they tell you the, the price that you're paying per click. Um, so all of those platforms work off of that model, some sort of auction, um, and not just it's not just what p- people are willing to pay. It's also what these platforms deem is the most relevant for their users. So if I have an ad that I'm willing to pay $100 a click for, um, but it's completely irrelevant, and someone else is I'm bidding on an irrelevant term, and someone has a really relevant ad, and they're bidding $50, um, they're probably going to get the ad at the top. Um, yeah. Google will Google will determine what it thinks is what what its users want. Still, not mm. just not just for the dollar. Um, so we are actually at a fair bit of time already. So I feel like our dictionary of marketing terms is actually going to span over three parts. 
Um, but we have. But there is some goodies for next week, so make sure you check back in. Well, we're going to skip uh, dictionary, I think, next week because next week we've got scheduled in special guest the podcast uh, famous Corey Dodd from Ooh. Elk Creative, um, very experienced podcaster these days. So we've got him coming in. We haven't determined a topic just yet, but he's a, a branding and web development and or oh, a sort of business. Uh, guru so we'll uh, we'll think of some topics and let you know what's coming up with him and uh, we'll get back to the uh, the dictionary terms at some stage mm. um, we're speaking to a couple of people at the Chamber of Commerce last night so I've got another two guests lined up there and one of our new clients that's uh, just getting into real estate there oh, so yes. the guests are lining up uh, for this podcast <laughs> which is good um, so stay tuned as always you can find this podcast on our website pixel.com.au there'll be a video and I'm looking at the cameras right now and I don't think they've gone off this week so I think we've got full podcast coverage of, of this one finally and uh, you'll get the actual podcast itself on Spotify and iTunes and if you can please I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a uh, review on iTunes so wh- anything else to add Nick? Nah, all good. Talk to everybody yeah. next week. See ya. Have a good weekend. Bye.